0: Jump in. All right. I want you to dig in and think we've got some some important things to, to cover. Um, I was I was bow hunting on Friday and I was reading scripture and the Lord spoke so clearly to me. So let's dig in. I want you to focus in on this. Look at Genesis 39. And we're about to get a lot of folks coming in here. So it's OK. Genesis 39. You remember the story. Joseph is accused falsely and he's put in prison. Pay attention to the language. So Joseph's master took him, put him into the prison, the place where the king's prisoner, prisoners were confined. So whatever this place is, it's where prisoners of the king's go. Right? And he was there in prison. Now, verse 22, in the warden of the prison... This is the guy immediately walking about the inmates, put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison. Where did he get that idea? Where did the warden, the guy who walks about the prison, say, hey, there's something different about Joseph. I'm going to put him in charge. What happened? Verse 23, the warden of the prison did not supervise anything under Joseph's authority. Watch what happens in chapter 40, which is where we're going to focus today. Came about after these things that the cupbearer and the baker for the king of Egypt offended their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was furious with his two officials, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker. So he put them in confinement in the house of the captain of the bodyguard. Edie, who's the captain of the bodyguard? Potiphar. So these inmates are being placed. In the house of Potiphar. In the prison. The same place where Joseph was imprisoned. How far away is Joseph to Potiphar? He's real close. We typically have this idea that when Potiphar, the captain of the bodyguard, the punisher, when he puts Joseph in prison, it's like, I don't know, 20 miles away? It's kind of like Little Rock, down to Alexander or down to... Wrightsville or something or down to Tucker and Tucker Max and all. that's a long way away in a place that nobody wants to even see, let alone go. Stephen's done a lot of prison ministry down there. You know, it's its its own little world, right? Is that what's going on here? That Joseph's in his own little private detached place where nobody sees it? No, he's really right on the property of Pharaoh, uh, um, uh, Potiphar. And Potiphar, verse 4, Potiphar, the captain of the bodyguard, put Joseph in charge of them. Specifically, Potiphar said, Joseph, I want you to supervise the cupbearer and the baker. I'm giving you a special assignment. All right. And then look at verse, uh, verse 5. Then the cupbearer and the baker for the king of Egypt were confined in the prison and both had a dream the same night. Each man with his own dream and each dream with its own interpretation. When Joseph came to them in the morning and saw them, behold, they were dejected. So he asked Pharaoh's officials who were with him in confinement in his master's house, why your face is so sad today? And they said to him, we had a dream and there's no one to interpret it. Then Joseph said to them, do interpretations not belong to God? Tell it to me, please. Fascinating. Look what happens. So the chief cupbearer told his dream to Joseph, saying to him, In my dream, behold, there was a vine in front of me. And on the vine were three branches. And it was budding. Its blossoms came out, and clusters produced uh, ripe grapes. Now, Pharaoh's cup was in my hand. So I took the grapes and squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup. And I put the cup into Pharaoh's hands. Then Joseph said to him, This is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. Within three more days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your office. And you will put Pharaoh's cup into his hand in your former practice when you were his cupbearer. Only keep me in mind and when it goes well for you, And please do me a kindness by mentioning me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. For I was, in fact, kidnapped from the land of Hebrews of the Hebrews. And even here, I've done nothing that I should should have put me in the dungeon. All right. It's a tough situation. And Joseph is opening up his heart. By the way, what's the task of the cupbearer? Joe, you you know, right? What does the king's cupbearer do? He's poison control. Very good. He sips the wine first in case somebody's trying to assassinate the king. So you, you got to trust that dude, right? If the, if the cupbearer says, king, drink it, needs to be safe. All right. So that's the dream. That's the interpretation. Notice that Joseph opens up his heart to the cupbearer. He says, hey, here's my story of suffering. By the way, it's not fair. I didn't do anything wrong. I was kidnapped. That's how I got here. And the whole situation, I didn't do anything wrong. That I should be put in a dungeon. Can I make a quick comment to, get you, to help you to get it? In a dungeon, right under Potiphar's nose. Okay, you've got to appreciate that. It's not way down in South Arkansas where nobody's going to see that. All right. Out of mind, right? Out of sight, out of mind, like a nursing home. We don't want to do it with old people. So we put them far and away so we don't see them because they upset us somehow. That's not what's going on. He's right under the noses of these people. All right, he's close. Oh boy, here's the next one. This is tough. When the chief baker saw that he had it interpreted favorably, he said to Joseph, hey, I also had a dream, and behold, there were three baskets of white bread on my head, and in the top basket, there were some of all kinds of baked food for Pharaoh, and the birds were eating them. Out of the basket on my head. Then Joseph answered and said, This is its interpretation. The three baskets are three days. Within three more days, Pharaoh will lift up your head from you, as in off your body, and will hang you on a wooden post, and the birds will eat your flesh off of you. Whoa. That's not a good interpretation. You don't want to hear that one, right? Wow. Pretty intense stuff. Look at this. So it came about on the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he held a feast for all his servants, and he lifted up the head of the chief cupbearer, just like Joseph said, and the head of the chief baker among his servants. And he restored the the chief cupbearer to his office, and he put the cup into Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker, just as Joseph had interpreted to them. Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. Wow. (laughs) Wow. That's intense, isn't it? That's an amazing story. All right, let me show you some things that are really important to me. Uh, This is, is, my heart was so stirred. Verse 3. So he put them in confinement... In the house of the captain of the bodyguard, that is Potiphar's house, in the prison, the same place where Joseph was imprisoned. The same place. All right. Check this out. The imprisonment of Joseph, imprisoned on the property of Potiphar. In Hebrew, Potiphar, which means belonging to the son, is what it means. So he's literally, he's been arrested, he's been thrown in the dungeon in the house of Potiphar. And Potiphar would observe and manage all inmates. He ordered the warden to to give Joseph responsibility. But he specifically assigns leadership to the cupbearer and the king's baker. There's a reason for that. And guess what? Potiphar's wife will be able to hear updates on the status and condition of Joseph and perhaps... Delighting in his suffering. Watching him suffer. Knowing he's just a few feet away. She would be aware of that. All right, check this out. Number one, when you, when I, are in God's place, he will bring specific people to the same place. Your place, my place. And he has a ministry assignment for you. Okay? you get it, don't you? When you're in God's place, a grace place, the Lord will bring special people to your life because he wants to accomplish something and he needs you to be at your post. He needs you to be there. He needs you to be there, okay? He's working all things out for good and he needs us in the grace place so that we can do what he wants to accomplish. Faith allows us to see God's place as a grace place and not a punishment place. Being where you are, if you have faith, you can see God's grace in it. If you can't, you can see your, your situation in life as punishment. Yeah. It's kind of like, um, have you been around somebody and, and all you hear out of them is negative? <laughs> It's like negativity and seeing the bad and it's like the natural thing for them. They can't find good in anything. It's that kind of a mindset. Joseph had the mindset, you know what? I was kidnapped to get here. There's a horrific backstory. What a mess. It's like abuse, abuse, abuse. Once strung together like Christmas lights and then now here I am and I'm in the dungeon right under the house. Of the woman who falsely accused me. This ain't right. Okay. And he's hurting and he's upset. But he sees somehow sees the bigger picture says, you know what? Even still, I'm in the grace place and I'm not going to fixate on like God's doing something unfair to me or something. He had four assignments. And boy, would you please get this? Please get this. Joseph is in this place to accomplish four things. Number one, prove his innocence to Potiphar. He's innocent. Number two, prove his innocence to Potiphar's wife. Okay? And number three, bring truth and blessing to the cupbearer, and then bring truth and judgment to the baker. The cupbearer was righteous, and the baker was wicked. Can I just tell you, God really cares about your innocence? Some of you have been falsely accused again and again and again. You've been mistreated for no reason and it hurts and I am so sorry that it's happened. Wish we could go back and change change things, but we can't. I want you to understand that God cares and is sensitive to innocence. He does understand your story of suffering. He does have his eye on you. How you handle it can make a huge difference. Okay? How you handle things. It's critical. All right. Just a couple more here. So, by the way, dream interpretations, I know in the charismatic traditions, um, you know, they all feel like they've got that gift or many of them do and and they can come up with, you know, pretty pretty amazing things. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying be careful. (laughs) Okay? Be careful. Say, oh, I know the interpretation God told me. Great. If God told you, don't you dare be, be silent. But if you have ego, you've got a damaged ego, and by saying highly religious things, that will kind of build you up. Be real careful. Be real careful. When you say, this is what God says, and, and you're just kind of flying by the seat of your pants because you've got some ego needs, be real careful with that one. Yeah. Yeah, because if you say, this is what God says, and it doesn't turn out like you say, there's a problem. Okay, so here's something that we do know. God is, God's call is to have a ministry or influence of reconciliation, to care for people and to try to reconcile them to Christ. Um, just a couple more here. I'm going to turn it over to you. This is, this is beautiful to me. Joseph came to them in the morning and saw the cupbearer and, the, and the, the baker, saw that they were dejected. So he asked Pharaoh's officials who were with him in confinement in the master's house, why are your faces so sad? What's going on? Why are you moping? Oh, you're in prison. Okay, that's funny. Um, why are your faces so sad? And they said, because you've had a dream, da, 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 and there's nobody to interpret it. Interpret- and Joseph says, hey, do interpretations not belong to God? How's that for humility? When we are bitter, we typically demonstrate our own guilt. When we're bitter... It's really common for us to demonstrate our own guilt. All right. Proverbs says that the wicked flee when nobody chases them, but the righteous are bold as a lion. When we realize that we're in the grace place, we can see the needs of people. When you realize you're in the place of God's will for your life, you can see the needs of people. Some people, they're not narcissistic. They're just selfish, okay? They're just conceited, and they're the center of the universe, and and it is what it is. When you're in a place of grace, you can see the needs of other people, and it's okay for you to care for them. It's okay. But when you're caught up in yourself, your own ego, or your own sin issues, particularly bitterness, it's awfully hard to see the needs of other people. Bitterness is blinding. Bitterness is blinding. But when you're in the grace place, you can see the needs of other people and you can honor God. That is so amazing. All right, we're almost done here. Only keep me in mind when it goes well for you. And please do me a kindness by mentioning me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. He didn't want to be there either. I was, in fact, kidnapped from the land of the Hebrews. And even here I have done nothing that they should have put me in this dungeon. Who did he tell that to? Who did Joseph open up his heart to and share his painful story to? Who? Yeah, why didn't he say to the baker? He's going to be dead on day four. He's dead anyway. So, you know, dead men don't talk. So, okay. There's a little humor in that. But you know what? There's something deeper. If you're a Christian, if you've been born again, Jesus is inside of you. Be careful sharing your heart's deepest needs with wicked, guilty people. Doesn't that sound judgmental? (laughs) I'm just just telling you. Be careful whom you tell your stuff to, your junk. Be careful with that. All right. There is nothing wrong with you, with me, telling our story of suffering, but tell it to the righteous cupbearers in your life, okay? Don't tell it to the guilty bakers in your life, all right? Sometimes we find ourselves at the kind of table that Jesus would flip. Be real careful with that. Jesus said, hey, don't cast your pearls before swine. Don't make your den a robber's den. You guys, have the sacred places, you've corrupted them. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't sit at the kind of table Jesus would turn over. Be careful who you, who you share your heart with, okay? Just some real wisdom in that. All right. Summary. Number one. In his suffering, Joseph was right under the noses of his users and abusers. He was right there. All right. Your light must shine before people in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who's in heaven. The interpretation of a dream belongs to God. In a great place, Joseph made it about God. Three, because Joseph saw God's will as the great place, he could see the needs of people around him. Yeah. You know, there's people that will literally suck the life out of you. You know that? They will drain you dry. They don't know how to give back. It, it's like the, a vacuum. It, it's like a black hole. They will pull life out of you. You ready for this? Here's a heavy psych idea. If you let them. If you let them. If you know anything about Dr. Henry Cloud, Christian psychologist, he'll tell you, you've got to learn to set up boundaries. Right? You've got to have the right size no to master the right size yes. You can't be all yes and, and a tiny no. You can't function that way. There are people that will rob you of your own life if you let them, okay? Don't be, don't be that kind of person. In the grace place, you know how to give and you know how to receive. You've got to have a balance. You can't be a, exclusively a taker. You can't, because that, that'll destroy you. You can't be exclusively a giver. Why? Why? You're, you're burn out. <laughs> You know, you got to have both. You got to know how to give and you got to know how to receive. Joseph knew that. Yeah. Joseph was wise to tell a story of suffering to the innocent cupbearer, not the guilty baker. All right. Do not give what is holy to the dogs. You are the body of Christ. Own this thing. How do we live it out? How do you pull it from the world? 3,000 years ago into our world. What about your, are you in a place of grace? Or are you in a place of, man, if I could get revenge, I would do it. <laughs> in a New York minute, I'd light him up. Where, where, where are we? Where, where are you? Where, how are we living this thing? Yeah, Jay. Before we go there, it strikes me uh, back
1: to Joseph that uh, if we had succumbed to Potiphar's wife's advances, it wasn't going to turn out well either.
0: None of this would have worked so he out. Yeah.
1: Chose, he chose to do the right thing. If he thought he was going to somehow protect himself with her, she clearly was not an honorable person. So that could have seemed an easy way. But he cho- so either way, it was going to be bad at the moment. Yes, at the moment.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But big picture, it was brilliant. Yeah. You know, last Sunday we said, learn who to run from and learn who to run to. There's something wise in that, huh? Uh, Michael. I got a question for you
1: because it seems like prison and jail in these terms isn't like what we would imagine it today. I mean, uh, Joseph went around and said, Why well, are your faces dejected? But I'm pretty sure if I was in prison, it would be dejected every day. Yeah. So I, I guess I don't understand that question or that why he would expect them to be at.
0: Yeah, yeah. So thank you. Can you imagine having your feet locked into a block of wood about that size? And that's how you went twenty four hours a day. Your feet in that kind of block. That's what Joseph was wearing. That's what the other guys were wearing. That was by the way, that was a typical practice among e- Egyptian imprisonment and crime and punishment they would do that. That was pretty common in Egypt. They tended to not execute a lot. They they believed prison was the answer to behavior problems. Yeah. Um, I know we're talking about prison
2: in a literal sense, but I always think of, you know, bitterness as its own prison. You know, being locked into your yeah. own suffering and not being able to see out of it. And uh, you know how grace can be that source of freedom to where you can see out of your own bitterness and abuse and situation
0: that you were in. Yeah, how old are you, Raymond? I'm 21
2: years old.
0: I know people at 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 that cannot understand what you just said. You have spoken with great wisdom. Thank you. Bitterness is its own prison. Greed is its own prison. And boy, it's brutal. Somebody else.
3: Joseph's story gives us permission to confess that life is hard. Yes. And I think that in the, maybe in a manipulative Christian atmosphere, we talk about suffering and how that should be worn as a badge of honor, but ignore yeah. more the fact that suffering hurts, whatever it looks like, whether it's being imprisoned in a world of bitterness, and not being able to express that in a way that's healthy to healthy people or in a way that's honest, yeah. I think can put us in a position where we're living in a world of punishment as opposed to a world of grace for ourselves and for others. Mm. So, Watching the story of Joseph play out, he knew when and how and what to say when it was like, look, I want to get out of this prison. It's yeah. not like this is where I want to be. I want yeah. to get out of this box and I have to wear it all day. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. And yeah. As Christians, it's important for us to be able to be honest about how that's what we want. Hmm. We'll all express that. Take this, take this form. And, yeah. Flesh. Yeah. and it wasn't granted to him, but just the fact that he could confess that just like Jesus could confess, if it's if it's up to you, God, let this cup pass from me. Mm. Yeah. And we forget about that, that we, we have the right and the responsibility to be honest. Yeah. Our,
0: our, yeah. Hurt and our pain. Yeah. Have, has anyone ever seen a righteous man in prison? Pay attention to your answer, th- that question before you answer. Have you ever seen a righteous man in prison? Yes, yes. Have you not seen the news of so-and-so based on some DNA that they found has been released from prison falsely for 30 years? And all of a sudden this dude is awarded a, a huge financial compensation, deserves every penny of it. And he walks out 30 years of his life gone. And he's got to walk out and try to rebuild it. What do you do? This stuff happens a lot. I, I saw in the headlines another person uh, falsely accused, you know, and, and blamed and all this stuff, and, and two, three, four years in prison. And then it comes out, well, they lied on the stand. Never happened. You'd be surprised how many righteous people may be in prison. You may be surprised. Especially when you leave this country and you go to Nigeria and you go to Sudan and you go to Saudi Arabia and other places. You would be shocked. North Korea. The most dangerous place on planet Earth to be a Christian is North Korea. The innocent people that are in prison. Yeah. Remy, you're, you're wise, dear friend. And the thing is, with, with bitterness, you can actually come out from behind bars, but your bitterness goes with you, so you're in prison wherever you go. And bitterness is blinding to the needs of people, blinding to the needs of folk around you. But when you understand grace in the grace place patch, you can look at people around you as objects of mercy who need grace just like you do. And that's beautiful. So somebody else. How do we pull this story into our world? The Joseph story. I
1: think what Pat said, you know, life is hard. Life is hard it kind of reveals our faith.
0: Keep going. That's and good.
1: You really, you really believe Romans 8, 28? <laughs> okay. you really believe it? Now's the time to apply. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to push through or are you going to and throw your hands go
0: away. And it's yeah. working for me
1: life just got hard.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think that's,
1: life is hard. It is inevitable. <clears throat> we're, we're broken people living in a broken world. So wow. What are we going to do when life gets hard? That's yeah. what we need to bear down and say, you know, I'm surrounded by the steadfast love of the Lord. Wow. The wickedness is going to happen. Yeah. I mean, what you know, what about Joseph? Why is he? Even, why is he even in Egypt? You know, yeah. he was betrayed by his brothers.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. And by the way, he did a self-assessment on that. Did you notice? He said, "I was kidnapped."
3: Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> a few times. <laughs> yeah,
0: sold it. I think at least five times by the time he lands with yeah. the man who belongs to the son. Forty-five. Yeah.
1: What comes after, you realize that whatever it is you're going through,
2: God,
3: it is part of a bigger story. Of the mm. bigger story, there's some purpose when we walk with God and
2: we, and we go through something heart wrenching, or we have been through,
0: yeah,
1: and we're trying
2: to, you know, walk out of that with Him. Um, we're just able to see, especially when we're in His Word. Mm. We're, the testimony
1: is right there. There's a bigger yeah. picture of what you're going
2: through. Yeah. And it, it really, when we live in a place of grace and hope, it
0: really allows the Holy Spirit, because I mean, I believe Joseph's eyes were opened mm. by the Holy Spirit to look at these people and go, the dejection that they feel is not your everyday
2: thing. Mm-hmm. And so he asked a question that appears to be, kind of a dumb question and yet it opened their mouths to share their heart so that this ongoing plan of God is just working out
3: even in that and the answers that Joseph gave yeah
0: yeah that is so good Edie um by the way last Monday I did a a large group event for people battling grief acute grief and battling depression we had 28 people here Wow. And I, I, um, I, get, I told them a story from a movie, uh, uh, Burt Reynolds. Uh, can I just throw out a couple names here? Not because they're righteous. They're not. They're bakers. OK, but bear with my story. There is a comedy that came out years ago, Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise mm-hmm. and mental institution kind of folk. And they get out and there's a scene where they're they're at the ocean, the, the water's edge. And Burt Reynolds is so upset, he just wants to die. And so he swims out and he's getting deeper and deeper and he starts talking to God. All right, it's a hilarious scene. He's talking to God. And pretty quick, Alan, he gets so tired, all of a sudden he needs God because he's about to drown. <laughs> and he starts making this from the heart, deeply, really impassioned talk to God, you know. And he starts making a deal. God, if I survive and I can get back to shore, I promise you I will serve you with all my heart, you know, making all these vows, and he's treading water, and he's dog paddling and struggling. Well, he starts heading back to shore, and as he's getting closer, guess what he does? He starts renegotiating everything. You know, I I really didn't mean what I said a while ago, And, and by the time he's on the shore, he's an atheist again. He enters the water as an atheist who doesn't want to do life anymore. And by the time he's way out there and exhausted, he becomes a believer. And he goes hard after God. But then when he gets back to the shore, he's an atheist again. It's kind of like George Costanza, right? He doesn't believe in God until something bad happens. That whole thing. So, Lee, you're right. When we suffer, it brings out what's really on the inside, it really does. Someone else, why does this matter, the justice story? Your abusers, ouch, may be right over you. Can I confess a struggle, sin struggle, human struggle? When, I, when somebody hurts me, and I mean really hurt me, and I feel like I'm taken advantage of again, <laughs> right? I'm bleeding out and I'm giving myself, you know, untold hours, and then I get it in the back or get it in the front. Do you know what's really hard for me to do? Be in the same room with that person. Oh, man, is that hard. And you know one of the first things I do? I cannot look him in the eye. There's something about eye contact, and, but when I am wounded and when I'm taken advantage of, oh, I don't want to look him in. The, I, I don't want to be in the same room with those people. And if I walk in and I see them, it's like my blood in my veins just freezes up for a little bit.
3: <gasps>
0: mm. and, and I got to kick it in some other headspace to help me make it through that hour or whatever I've got to do. Am I the only one in the room and I just got real vulnerable? <laughs> I know. I know. We're all there to a degree, right? We're all there. We're all there. If I, Lee, would fully realize I'm in the grace place, I could look them in the eye. I could be okay with it. And I could realize, you know, they're just as broken as I am. They have have needs just as deep as I do. And I could say, hey, you know what? How's your day? You look like you're a little sad. What's going on? Hey, you look like you're angry. Why in the world do you need to talk to a guy like me? What's going on? Someone else, why does this matter? Michelle, thank you for speaking up, speaking grace. By the way, you, you may not be aware, but you just quoted something from Luke chapter 2, that when Jesus grew up, he found grace and favor with both God and man. Do you realize it's possible to get along with God and people at the same time? I realize that may be a shock to us, but thank you for giggling. It is true. We can get along with people. We can get along with God. Okay. Yes.
2: Things where you, something I probably struggled with for my But um, what we see in this context is within his imprisonment, Joseph operates within the gifting that God has given him mm-hmm. to serve other people. Mm-hmm. From from childhood, he's been having dreams, interpreting dreams. So this was always a thing. Always a thing. That that. Uh, Something that God gave him, yeah, from early on, and he knows that God is in it because it's always been about God. Hmm. With those, he could have ignored these guys. He could have not asked them what was up. He could have, you know, whatever. But he knew who he was. Who he was in God, and what God had given him. Hmm. And he chose to use that to serve someone else. When he could have been having a big he cho- instead chose to serve
0: else. Yeah. 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 Thank you, Ed. You've spoken wisdom. You have. Let's take it to a really fine point right now. Okay. If you're Joseph, all right, or Josephine, um, You've got you got to make a decision. Is there some, you ready? Is there somebody in life you need to run away from? Is that fair? There's somebody in your life you need to get away from because they're going to pull you down. They're going to destroy. You. It's a bad outcome. Jay, it's a bad outcome. Period. Don't try to outsmart God. It's a bad outcome. You need to run away from. It. There's somebody you need to run to. So that you're talking with and and seeking God together with the right person. Okay. Were his
1: brothers, bakers, was he,
0: even though God used that
1: to his purpose, was it a mistake to tell the dreams to his brothers, dreams
0: brothers? No. No, it's a great question though. Uh, they were not righteous. But I think, now remember, he's, he's been doing this for a while, so he's 14, 15, 16, 17 at the time having these dreams and I think as a young kid he's just doing what comes natural he's just opening his mouth you know and talking um, but there's a yeah, big history big history with that uh, Janice I was thinking when you're saying is there somebody we need
2: to run away from Right. and the quote that came to mind was bad company destroys good morals mm-hmm. so if there are people that continually um, either take us down a path with gossip or anything
0: that is going against right. good right. morals
3: and a clear conscience, and yeah. we do need to stay away. Yeah,
0: there's just boundaries, and and some people don't want to be fixed. You know that? Yeah, and we're not the fixer, so it's okay to. Run from some folk. It's okay to run two people. You know, uh, Hebrews chapter 10. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Man, we need each other. We need this moment. We need group accountability and all this stuff. Okay. Um, Some of you may be in uh, whatever prison you are in, whatever disappointment that you're in. Uh, unmet needs, frustrating job, frustrating spouse, frustrating kids, frustrating parents, all that stuff. Guess what? Your users, the folks that are taking advantage of you, your abusers, the ones out to get you, and they really do want to get you, you're right under their nose. And if you are the light of the world, they're going to see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Jay, the payoff is not in getting on their level. If you get down on their level, you become like them and you blow the whole thing. Know when to run away from the person that's going to destroy you. Know to run to the right person. Don't go to the dinner table of the table Jesus would flip in anger. Don't do that. Don't dine there. Know how to have good, good people in your life. Realize your job. If you're in the grace, if you're in the grace place, Lee, and if you believe in Romans 8, 28, and if you believe in the will of God, then the f- if you're under the nose of your user or pre- abuser, man, show him Jesus, show him grace. Show him kind- It's the fruit of the spirit is what it is, right? Isn't that the light of the world? That's the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience. Somebody else, final word what we need to do. Yeah, sure.
1: You know, I never put it together that Potiphar's his boss when he's in prison. Yeah. Um, which kind of changes the dynamic there. Instead of it's a generic Joseph's a hard worker, he always rises to the top. It's Joseph's a hard worker, and even though this dude chucked him in prison, he couldn't help but give you responsibility because he stood up. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's probably people who are in work environments that they feel are oppressive or challenging or they're constantly worried about the position and that, you, know, you feel out of control your, your entire world is left to the winds of somebody else um, yeah. this is a good reminder of a couple of things uh, God, if we are believers and we believe these things God's got us, word's got, got us it kind of takes that stress away the winds of man don't hold up the plans of God too often yeah. If I work for God, God's not. And I need to worry, worry about impressing him, which is exactly what Joseph did. Yeah. I'm also kind of reminded of the do good to those who oppress you because it keeps burning coals in their head kind of thing. Mm-hmm. How do you think Potter felt when Joseph gets eventually plucked out of prison?
0: And you think him? he was scared? <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty good... Uh-oh. <laughs> pretty good uh,
1: come up and see Joseph. And yeah. I don't think he
0: yeah. Yeah. It works
1: out. Now not all of us are going to rise beyond our present bosses. Yeah. yeah. It's a you know it's a good
0: reminder that work for God is going to work out. Yeah. Thank you, Joe. Um, you want some wisdom? If you truly understand grace, the fact that, da- that God can show kindness to people who don't deserve it—if you can get that. Do you realize that God was using some dude who supposedly belongs to the son Potiphar, who used him because he saw his talent and abused him, and his wife certainly abused him? Use all that mess. He shows grace to Potiphar once he becomes second in command in Egypt. Because what is God going to do in Joseph's life in just in just a matter of seven years? What's going to happen? The main abusers are going to make a trip from Palestine to Egypt for bread and Joseph is going to have them in his clutches. Talk about revenge, opportunity. Joseph, it's almost like when David faced Goliath. He said, look, I've killed a lion and I've killed a bear. I can face Goliath. Same story. Hey, I showed grace when I was in prison. I showed grace to Potiphar. When I became second in command, I could, have, I could have commanded that Potiphar wear the same blocks that I wore. And all of Egypt would have said, behold, a righteous man extracting justice on his enemies. And everybody would have celebrated Joseph's decision. But he didn't do it. And that was the prep for the big, big test in Joseph's life. Can you forgive your kidnappers? Can you forgive those human traffickers? That's the grace place. It sure is so. All right. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. You are saved by grace through faith, not by works, so that nobody can brag about it. Who you putting your faith in? Who you're running to? Who you're running from? Please run to Jesus. Please, I want to pray for you, Father. Thank you for your loving grace. Thank you for every person that's here. I'm encouraged. Ah, oh, Father, we're going to get to sing songs to you, who've shown us the ultimate grace, the ultimate love. We say thank you. Teach us about the grace place, please. In Jesus' name, amen.